Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast, the place to hear from other entrepreneurs who are making it happen every day. As usual, I'm your host, Corey Mosley. I've got another great show for you today because I want to ask you this question. What if I told you, because everyone talks to me about how bad they want to be entrepreneurs and pursue their business and Corey, I want to work for myself and be in control of my life and my lifestyle and all these things. And then, you know, I'll have conversations with them about stories of people who, you know, were getting up at two in the morning and driving across the country. I often tell a story about how I used to get up at 3 a.m., drive across five states. I remember going to a client's to see a client with like $150 left on my credit card, knowing that he wanted to go to lunch and praying he didn't want to go somewhere really, really big. Uh, and then praying that, of course, he did buy my product or service so we could continue to fight another day. Imagine taking your home and selling your home, selling your worldly possessions. And I have a flair for the dramatics. She'll, she'll correct me when I get her on. But, but imagine having a whole fire sale, right? Because you were so committed to launching your business and trying to do it the right way. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about that commitment, following through in your commitment, and also some tips and tactics from the financial aspects of this. I'm going to be joined today. I love people that I know. I've, I've known her for probably 20 years. And I'm going to be joined today. My guest is Nadia Anderson. She's a Richmond, Virginia native who earned an undergraduate and graduate degree in accounting from University of Virginia. She's a certified public accountant and chartered global management accountant in private practice that supports nonprofit organizations and small businesses. Most recently, she is also a certified wedding and event planner and the owner of Virginia Grace, an event management company that plans, designs, directs, and coordinates weddings private celebrations, and corporate events. Nadia, thanks for joining the podcast today. Corey, thanks for having me. So I want to talk to you. You are I, dramatic. I know, I am dramatic. Everybody knows that already. But, <laughs> I'm, but there's a lot of truth to what we're getting ready to talk about today, right? So let's talk yeah. about your story a little bit, right? You're a CPA, right? You got all these credentials after your, your name, study finance, financial whiz, right? You've worked for some big firms and some nonprofits. So tell me a little bit about that interest, and then we're going to talk about the transition because, what, how many years ago? This is a couple years ago, right? Three years, yeah, just about three years. So three years ago, some of that um, changed. mm -hmm. And so, yes, I studied accounting at the University of Virginia and decided to stay um, some additional time to get a master's degree. I always saw accounting as business fundamentals. So I'm like, every business, whether it's a product or a service, you need an accountant. And um, I saw it as job security. And it was also something that just made sense to me. Like, always loved math. It's very simple math. Like, accounting is not hard in terms of the math. So I'm like, oh, I was drawn to this. And so I started working in public accounting as an auditor for PricewaterhouseCoopers. As an auditor, I had the opportunity to go to a variety of different businesses and see how they did things. So I was or perhaps have always been a nosy pants. <laughs> so I'm all in the financial details of different businesses and learning. Okay. 
how they did things. Um, And working in public accounting, I was lied to. They told me that I would travel about 20% of the time. And by the time I left that job, it was more like 70% of the time. And I didn't understand why I was paying a mortgage and living out of a suitcase and why all the hotel staff knew me because I'm always staying someplace else. I just didn't like that. Um, so I transitioned, right, always, didn't like it. Um, so I transitioned to go work for one of my clients. I had been on their account for five years, the entire time that I was there. And so I thought it would be a good fit because I knew them and they knew me. Mm-hmm. But then I got there and figured out that company was a tobacco company. Mm-hmm. And I don't use tobacco products. I couldn't understand what I was doing or how mm-hmm. it had an impact. Sure. So um, I left the tobacco company to go work for a church. Different industry, like completely sure. different thing. Sure. Um, but I wanted to work someplace where I could be connected to the mission. Like that felt important to me. Right. So again, like I'm learning these accounting skills and clearly they're portable. Like I can take the accounting skills like from right. tobacco to a church. And it's there that I learned that I guess there are businesses that are doing a lot of good, but don't necessarily have the resources to pay right. professionals to mm-hmm. maintain mm-hmm. things. I think a lot of times as we talk about a church is a nonprofit, we talk right. about a nonprofit. I like to encourage people to remember that nonprofit is a tax status. It's not a business strategy. Anybody right. who's in business That's needs right. to make money to do the That's thing right. they're trying to do. Right. So you're 100%. like, how are you making so much money? You need to make money to further the mission. Um, But I found out that I liked working with organizations who were connected to the mission and helping them with their financials. So So, so, that was my entree into working with nonprofits. So let me ask you this question. Do you find it interesting that what I always find interesting when talking to business owners and when we're having these conversations about the, we're talking about P and L statements, right. And profit and loss statements. And we're having this conversation about products and pricing. Do you find it interesting how, often nobody actually understands margin or understands what they actually need to be making or like someone says to me hey you know i'm going to start this company and i'm going to sell this subscription and it's i want to charge 80 dollars a month okay great well what does it cost to make the product i don't know (laughs) like there there seems to be so yeah i don't know there seems to be so much of that you know that lack of knowledge right now, I understand yeah. you were working with bigger firms, but as you got to work with smaller and smaller, even the nonprofits, that money management piece or just that some of that basic understanding of things, do you find a lot of entrepreneurs are challenged in that area? Absolutely. And so um, in my CPA practice with the entrepreneurs that I work with, we start with sort of an accounting or finance or business financials 101. So I'm defining terms and I'm explaining financial statements, but then also I walk them through an exercise that I refer to as budgeting backwards. We start with, as an entrepreneur, what do you need to live your life? What does it cost to produce your product or service? And then this is what your sales need to be in order to cover those costs. And then we talk through, is that sustainable? Is it feasible? Like if it means that you have to sell a million widgets a day, Do you have the capacity to produce that or not? So we kind of, I think a lot of people do start with the sales price and they start with how much they want to earn, but don't figure out what it costs to make that. So we kind of work in the opposite direction, which helps people, I guess, grasp the concept a little bit better and understand it better. Yeah. 
so for a number of years, right? So I've known you as a CPA, known you in the financial world. And then one day pops up this announcement that you are <laughs> going to, um, you're attending University of Richmond and you're going to be a certified wedding planner and this whole thing, right? Let's talk about that. So I understand you're still working with people. Obviously, you don't just give up being a CPA, especially when you have a core competency there. But talk to me about that moment where you decided to get serious about event planning and, and ultimately founded uh, Virginia Grace. So you're right. We have known each other a long time and you've known me in the accounting space. But what you may not know, like the very first event that I say I planned was a high mm. school prom. Okay. <laughs> I can remember that there was a prom committee, um, okay. but yeah. I can't tell you who was on the committee because I remember doing the things. And I remember yeah. asking my mom and my aunts to help me because the committee disappeared. Whoever that was right. that was on the committee. Well, and you so know, you're kind of bossy events, anyway. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> I think I'm a leader. Um, that's, I didn't say it was a bad thing. <laughs> motivate people. I can motivate people to get things right. done. So if that's right. what you mean by bossy, you're right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the events have always been an undercurrent. I've always had a servant's heart again, back to working as an accountant in mm. nonprofits, like to mm. help others, to serve right. others. Right. So that was the thing that I did in my sleep on the side for free. All my friends who got married, I'm directing the wedding, planning mm. the baby shower, like all of these things, you but in working, um, full time. <laughs> for free because yeah. it was the thing that I enjoyed doing. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed doing and I and I did that. But working for a nonprofit, all your gifts and skills are called to task. So mm. I'm working there and then people find out that I do this event thing too. And so gotcha. the last nonprofit that I worked for full time, anytime we had a staff retreat, I catered it. <laughs> um, office parties, like I catered okay. and planned it. But then we had two really large scale events that the organization put together. And I, I guess, had a greater role in that, like not mm. just from the financial aspect, but from planning right. and putting them together. Also, I had a friend who got married. I live in Richmond, Virginia. She got married in Jackson, Mississippi. I had never been there in my life, but she called me in a panic and said, I need help with my wedding. Can you help me? And I did. And so the experience of planning these large scale events for the organization that I was working for and this wedding remotely, that when I arrived on site, they said, we didn't know you weren't here. You were so responsive. You knew, you know, all about the areas we were talking about. I said, hey, well, maybe this is a thing that I could do full time uh -huh. and not uh -huh. for free right. <laughs> anymore. Right. Right. Uh -huh. People will yeah. pay for this, right? right? Like it's a service mm -hmm. that I'm providing and people will pay for it. So also there was a shift in my full-time work. Some leadership changes happened. Okay. And um, that I guess is significant and plays into the story because I wanted to work somewhere where I felt like all my gifts and skills were being used, but that I was respected for my talents. And I didn't right. feel like that was happening, like with the shift in leadership. So I quit gotcha. my job thinking I was moving to D.C. I thought I was moving to D.C. because that's a nonprofit hub and I could find yeah. a job at a larger nonprofit. But at the same time that I was looking for a new job, I was taking a class to get a certification in wedding and event planning because it's fun right. and I like okay. to do it. It wasn't a business until yeah. after I completed it. I woke up literally the day after I completed the class, I woke up with a business name and I felt called <laughs> to move in the direction of having my own business and doing this thing myself instead of 
packing up, moving to D.C. and finding myself in the same situation that I was in with my full All over again. So here's where it gets interesting, right? So, <laughs> so, okay. So now the next thing I see on your social media is I'm selling my house. I'm selling my, uh, you know, I got some shoes here and I got some dresses here and I'm selling everything. In my, I'm selling, I'm selling my home. I'm selling my patio furniture. I got some socks here that I only wore once. I'm selling those. Tell me about what what drove what drove this idea, <laughs> right? What drove this idea? I know so, part of it was the accounting accountant in you, right? Trying to be right. uh, financially responsible to starting your business. But tell, walk me through that. Okay, so let me give you a little more context. Um, yeah. The house is not yet sold. Okay. The house is not yet sold. What I decided, okay, also, the house that I lived in was 3,500 square feet. Okay. I lived alone. Okay. And that's a lot of space. And what I yeah. discovered is that I bought that house because I like to entertain. Mm. Before it was ever a business, I like to have people over. So twice a year, I'd probably have some event and so gotcha. it could be like i hosted my mom's 60th birthday party i hosted right. my friend's 10-year vow renewal i had a baby shower that had like 60 guests but those events would gotcha. happen maybe once or twice a year so i have right. all this space and i generally live in the bedroom in the kitchen the right. rest of the time i don't use the space except right. for twice a year when all these people are coming so right. financially it made sense to me to minimize my living expenses so that I could maximize like what I was pouring into my business. So I said, this space, I won't rent it to strangers. I can't charge right. people to come. Like, I don't want strangers in my house. Right. I need to find a place where I can host events and charge people and make money. So that was yeah. sort of the, the thinking or the catalyst of, let me minimize my living expenses. Okay. Um, and I didn't know where I was going, but I knew I had to go somewhere. And I also knew that wherever I was going, I couldn't take all this stuff I had. So I right. did begin to sell things. Right. Okay. Like, I mean, I wasn't exaggerating. I, I wasn't exaggerating. I mean, I, I never advertised any socks. So that's an exaggeration. <laughs> okay. Don't take away um, my, don't take away the fun. <laughs> okay. Don't take away the fun. <laughs> but I did, I did sell a lot of sofas. I had seven sofas and one butt. So I was like, I don't need seven sofas. I need one. I chose the one I wanted to keep. I sold the rest of them. I did sell a lot of clothes. And so I moved from a 3,500 square foot house Okay. into a 540 square foot apartment. So now I live okay. in a tiny house. <laughs> for but real. It cut yeah, my yeah. living expenses in half. For real. I live in a tiny yeah. house. But it cut my living expenses in half. And so whatever I was earning from my business, I could then pour back into my business. I didn't have to worry about heating and cooling this enormous space that I'm not really using. So right. that's how I arrived at that choice. So what do you say to people who like just hear that and go uh, leaving, leaving my house, downsizing my house, 3,500 square feet to 500 feet, start selling stuff, uh, making this transition. You know, what do you say to people who are like, I don't, you know, I want to be, I want to have my own business, but I don't know that I want to do that. So, I mean, you don't have to do that. Also, I think another piece of my story um, or the context that I shared is that I quit my job without another job, not knowing I was going to start a business. So I had not prepared okay. like in advance financially. I didn't set aside money for not working. Right. Um, so I feel like, you know, I had some savings and some money, but just in general, not anticipating the start of a business. So I that think was the that changes in you. the conversation a little bit too. 
Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I just had to find a way to make it work. That might not be the way for you or for someone else, but literally I was looking for a different life. So in my work, but then also like how I was living, I wanted to optimize. I guess the things that I value most about entrepreneurship mm. are flexibility and autonomy. And so in yep. order for me, like I was being flexible in where I live, right? Like I'm going right. to be in a smaller space, but in order to decide what clients I want to work with, when I want to work, then yep. I probably need to minimize expenses. Um, and so the easiest way for me to do that was to cut back on like the physical things that I had, because those yep. aren't the things that for me bring me joy. Right. So, yeah. So there's a big argument and there's an ongoing debate, depending on where you where you fall economically and, and what your goals are as to what everybody should be striving for, right? So you just described a scenario where that flexibility, so I'm willing to control my expenses so I don't have these pressures, right? Which allows me to now do more genuine work or, or work with people that I want to or take on clients that I want to versus this idea that, you know what, I have to be focused on having a million dollar business or a $10 million business or, or those type of things, right? It's a different perspective that, that people take. And I think, do yeah. you agree that a lot of times people lose perspective on assuming somebody else's goal for them versus looking at their goals? Absolutely. And I think it's a personal, like life, although we like to live in community and I think there's value mm. to community and sharing life with others, but mm. I think life is an individual journey. And so what's important to me may not be important to you. And I also think <laughs> we get into a lot of trouble when we get begin to compare. So mm. I'm in the age of social media, more sensitive to that. Like I wonder yep. now, because people share so much information, I have more information and so I have more basis of comparison. Right. Um, but I try to block out some of that and only compare against myself. So I'm comparing 40-year-old Nadia to 30-year-old Nadia. And 30-year-old Nadia had a big house. Like when I first bought that house, it felt like MCV Cribs, okay? You couldn't <laughs> tell me that I had not arrived. Right, like, right, I have right, this huge house. Right. It's a three-bedroom house. I converted one of the bedrooms into a closet. So I had a whole room that should have been a bedroom that was a closet. Was like stuffed. you can't tell me I didn't live in MTV Cribs. Right. But it was stuffed. And the longer that I stayed there, I lived in that house for nine years. In the beginning, it was a source of pride. The longer I stayed there, it became a point of embarrassment because I have to do so much to maintain this stuff. And it's mm -hmm. too much stuff. I spent right. so much time standing in the middle of that closet room, spinning around, saying, what should I wear? That just felt stupid right. to me. Like it didn't right. serve in me reflection. well anymore. In reflection. But as... Yeah. I don't know, at a different point in time, I was mm -hmm. in a different place. But all of that was understand. about the journey that I was going through, not me comparing like to someone else. It was all my own personal evolution, realizing right. that I prefer to go on vacation <laughs> yep. and explore the world and meet new people and see new things than make this money to maintain this house and keep all these clothes that I'm not really wearing at all. There was a guy, and I can't, I can't remember his name because I saw it years ago, but I was watching a show like in uh, New York, and it was about different people, and it was, it was about space because, right, those super tiny spaces in New York. And the guy was like a big famous – his last name, like Bailey, comes to my mind, but he's a well-known event planner, Oprah, and all those guys, but he lives in like a 500-square-foot apartment, and they asked him, you know, hey, why don't you – know, you could live bigger, you could do this. And he says, I put all my money into vacations. 
I go on lavish vacations. Yeah. I have great experiences. And that was, it made me think of that when you said it, that that's where he put his, his time. And I think priorities for sure, I think change. They've changed for me. I'm a big closet person, but I started having that same, I did an experiment where I said, how many days could I go? I had an experiment. I said, how many days could I go without wearing the same shirt? And it was like 63 mm-hmm. days. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's, that's crazy. I mean, I'm in the fashion like the next guy, but that was crazy that I could literally go two months without repeating anything. That's excessive as a war. So, so you get smarter, right? Right. So the phrase that I use is I moved from living a life of excess to a life of abundance. Mm, okay, I like that. Nice and quick. Nice um, so, and quick. yeah, it yeah. was it it was excessive, um, and I needed to put restrictions on the excess. So, specifically, as we talk about the clothes, I developed a uniform because it took me too much time, hmm. and I had decision fatigue. Like, so at the time, I'm the CFO of a nonprofit. And I'm managing that thing. But then the thing that takes me so much time in the morning is getting dressed. Like, that's just dumb to me. Mm. <laughs> like, that didn't I like that. I really like that. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. What's the, and then we're going to, and then we're going to uh, move on to a couple of things. What's the biggest mistake with money? So based on your extensive background as a CPA, what's the biggest mistake you find entrepreneurs make when it comes to money when they're starting out? So um, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine earlier today. She's an entrepreneur um, Mm -hmm. and I won't say what kind of business she's in because that would probably identify her. But we talk about there's this concept of the lemonade stand. Like when you're a kid Mm -hmm. and you start a business and your business is selling lemonade, you just say, hey, mom, you got a table and can I get some lemons and some water? And you just throw it out there and see if people will buy your lemonade for like five cents, 10 cents, whatever it is that you put on your cup. Right. And so if they buy it, then you're like, great. If they don't, you're like, oh, maybe I need more sugar. Like you try to figure out what's going on with it. But as you make money, then you say, hey, maybe I need a tablecloth on the table. Ooh, or maybe I want some cups that are branded like with my name on them. Whereas before you just grab whatever cups you have. So we use that lemonade analogy a lot. Me and my friend, this entrepreneur, to say that as adults, like we don't really start businesses with that lemonade model in mind. Like right. we want it to be perfect and pristine straight out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So we spend a lot of money on the flashy things, not really spending money or paying attention to like the poor concept. I'm like, get the lemonade right. Like whatever your right. service is, make sure that you are providing that service with the highest like amount of integrity and that your customers are satisfied and you build relationships with people, like that's the basis. They don't really care about the wrapping and the packaging initially. Okay. You know what I mean? Like as so, you make more money, you make enough money to package it properly. But so, okay. so, to get so out me, of the gate. So let me dig into that because I am an optics guy. I'm a brand guy. So I... I believe, I believe that decisions get, and there's probably some, I'm sure we overlap in, in a viewpoint there, but I believe so many decisions get made based on how you present yourself. There's business that you will never do, or there's people who provide an extreme degree of service, right? But don't get paid what they're worth because their brand or their optics don't look like they deserve to be paid a premium. So So I I, I understand that, but you said it's how you present yourself. Yeah. And so you can find ways to present well without spending $10 million. Here's the best example that sure. I have for you. So I own two different businesses, mm-hmm. two different brands. There's Nadia Anderson CPA and there's Virginia Grace. 
-hmm. When I started Virginia Grace, I was on the heels of leaving full-time employment and I had some money to throw into the branding, right? Right. So I spent, I want to say a firm number, I probably spent 17 grand the first year on logo, websites, like business cards, letterhead, Mm -hmm. like whatever promotional materials I was throwing around. Right. Real number, about 17 grand. Nadia Anderson, CPA. So I guess another piece of the story is I left full-time work as a CPA to become an event planner and said, I'm only an event planner. But people Mm. kept tapping me on the shoulder saying, don't you want to be my accountant? And I said, no, I don't do that anymore. I used to do that. And then I was like, why am I turning these people away if they want to give me business? So so I spent less than a thousand dollars and I have the skills to do it. And I enjoy working with entrepreneurs to point out the pitfalls. Like, here's all the stuff that I've seen. Do this. Don't do that. But I spent about $1,000 on the branding of Nadia Anderson CPA because where it was at the time, I didn't have the same amount of resources to devote to it. Right. And I don't have a business card yet for Nadia Anderson CPA. The business was in place for six months before I had right. a logo. Like right. I'm saying that to say I present well when I right. meet people right. as they encounter me, I provide the service mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. I'm growing to, Oh, well I'm probably going to get some business cards printed next week. Like gotcha. now I have a logo. I know what the branding looks like. Yeah, like but I those said, two I things think, are very different. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think there's some, some overlap in that. And Nadia doesn't know this yet, but we're probably going to end up having her at one of our big business activation boot camps. She doesn't, she doesn't know that yet, but I like so much where this is going. I think there's going to be a lot of value to, so stay, stay tuned for more details on that uh, listeners. Okay. I'll stay tuned as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're in, you're in. So, because uh, you'll probably be, you'll probably be planning it by the time it's done. But all right, let's move on. Tell us your craziest entrepreneurship moment, and then we're going to move on to the entrepreneurship rapid fire. So, craziest moment so far in your entrepreneurship life. So, um, what's crazy to me is that I had someone approach me to provide event planning services. They approached okay. me. They reached out to yeah. me and said will you work with us on this thing? And um, I gave them a proposal and said, here's what it would cost for me to work with you. And the response was basically, you should be like, your your business is new. So you should be grateful that we reached out to you. And Mm. so we don't want to pay you what it's worth. Like we want to pay you and right. We don't want to pay you your worth and we just want to pay you $3. I'm exaggerating. That was crazy to me because I wasn't seeking relationship with this particular like client. And I wasn't asking for exposure or experience. You asked me. So it was crazy to me that somehow someone conceived that you could approach um, (laughs) anyone and devalue the service. Right. Um, and still form a relationship. So right. I'm counting that as my craziest entrepreneurial okay. Okay. moment. And so my response was, I can't limit the level of service to meet your budget. Like I already right. know I'm going to yep. provide you with the same level of service. It's going to take the same amount of time that I would right. give any other client. So this right. is not a good fit for me. Right. Interesting. Okay. And you're yeah, crazy for even yeah. asking me that. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> That's one. Uh, that's a new one. So, all right. <laughs> all right. We're going to lighten it up a bit here. We're going to our entrepreneurship rapid fire section. This is an opportunity to give people in, in, some insight into how you tick as an entrepreneur. So are you ready? 
Yes, ready. Okay. Are you a PC or a Mac? Mac. What's your favorite credit card for small business? Oh, good question. Well, thank you. Um, I can't answer that in one word. I can't answer that in one word. I encourage small businesses, listen, to form relationships with local banks. Okay. Have a relationship, not next just a question. credit card. So next, that's my next, answer. Next All question. Right. Are you a physical planner or digital planner kind of person? Both. Okay. What's your Both. favorite software right now to manage your business? Good question. My favorite <laughs> software. Oh, Acuity. Okay. Acuity. It's a scheduling yep. system. Yep. It scheduling cuts down on the back and forth. Yep. Are you a Starbucks, yeah. Dunkin', or other? Starbucks and other. I'm not playing this game very well, right? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all the answers. Starbucks and local okay. coffee shops support other small businesses, but Starbucks, okay. we know wherever we go. So where do you go? Where you like Alchemy yeah. Coffee or where do you where do you go locally? Um, right now, I really like Chairlift. It's in okay. Scott's edition. I drink Blanchard's. Um, Brewers I drink, Cafe. It's in I drink Manchester. Blanchard's. Blanchard's is served okay. by a lot of folks. Okay. Yeah, Brewers Cafe yep. is one of my places, but I moved now, so I'm not as close as I used to be. Yeah. Okay, our audience is all over the world, so they probably don't know any of those people um, you just said. But so they don't know right. Brewers. <laughs> well, come to Richmond and visit Brewers. There you go. It's great. Business Activation <laughs> Boot Camp. Okay, so thank you card or thank you email? Oh, thank you card. Handwritten for okay. anything. Excellent. Not just in business, also, yeah. Okay. When it comes to reading, are you hardcover, tablet, or audiobook? Oh, hardcover. I hard like cover? to touch the book. Read okay. the book hardcover. What's, what's, your next big, hard. what's your next big goal? <laughs> Thank listen, thank God I'm not on the thank God I'm not on the radio anymore because we would be off the air already as long as it's taking you to get to these questions. <laughs> so so what, what they got into podcasts. Okay, so what's your next big goal? Um, I don't know if you think this is big, but it's big to me. I'm rebuilding the website for Virginia Grace. Again, okay. I told you I paid somebody a lot of money for that site. Yeah. Now I'm rebuilding it myself. So that's big yeah. to me. I, I think that is a big goal considering yeah. I hate your mobile experience. So I'm glad you're going to fix that. I was doing this to, uh, when I was trying well, to find your number. Well, I was you should have told me that yeah, I, not I just told you. on the podcast. <laughs> I just told well, you. Well, here it comes. <laughs> I'm going to send you a link when I redo it. Okay, for sure. All right, finally, last question. One day with any mentor, who would that person be? Ooh, I don't know. Business, I'm going to say Richard Branson, just because okay. I read something he wrote this morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you like to sit down with Richard Branson. Yeah. Okay, cool. We, yeah. we made it. We made it through the entrepreneurship rapid fire <laughs> section. Now, now we're at our final segment. This is called entrepreneurship trivia. So I'm going to ask you a trivia question. It is multiple choice. And if you successfully get it right, I will be donating $25 to the charity of your choice. And when you get it wrong, as I hope everyone does, uh, you'll be donating $25 to the KLM Scholarship Foundation, which is my charity. Are you ready okay. for the question? Ready. Okay. According to Infusionsoft's Small Business Marketing Trends Report, what percentage of small business owners handle their own marketing efforts? Here are your options. 35%. 47% or 56%? 56%. Is that your final answer? Final answer. I hit the buzzer. That, that is incorrect. So the good news is that okay. was the answer. The correct answer is 47%. 
So okay. the good news that the good news that came out of all of this is that the KLM Scholarship Foundation has now picked up an additional twenty five dollars. <laughs> so that's always a win. Nadia, how can people get in contact with you? So um, you can follow me on Instagram at Nadia the CPA or VA Grace Events, and that's actually Instagram and Facebook. Both of those handles work. Nadia the CPA or VA Grace Events. And what's the um, website? The Virginia Grace website is, yeah, the website that doesn't work well on mobile but will be redesigned <laughs> soon <laughs> is right. vagraceevents.com, vagraceevents.com, or nadiaandersoncpa.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, listen, I appreciate you uh, joining the show today. I want to go ahead and close out. And let everybody know, if you haven't taken our training yet, five simple strategies to get your business started now, head over to fearlesswithcorey.com and do that immediately. I want to thank everybody for continuing to support the podcast also. And I want to leave you with this as always. Keep the mind sharp, the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. I'm Corey Mosley, and this has been another episode of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'll see you next time. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.